You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, it's, the, it's the internet's only college football podcast, but this being March 5th when we're recording, probably March 6th when you're listening to it, uh, we're not. there's not a whole lot of, of meat on this particular bone, okay? Thus, thus, we've gone vegetarian. Diversifying the platform, diversifying the palate in order to get a rich mix of uh, possible topics in here. Uh, to do that, as always, uh, we have Jason Kirk. Uh, hi, Jason. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, how's beautiful? Did Ken- you say we got more vegetarian? Yeah, we're just we're just working in all kinds of of, of vegetables. That's actually not true. Mm. Yeah, I, I eat cookout for lunch, so that's not true. Yeah, no, that's definitely not true. I think cookout's a good transition here, by the way, to introduce it. We don't have Ryan this week. Uh, Ryan is on vacation. And uh, is is ferrying his family around the country so that that people can bask in the glory of his brood, his glorious brood. Which is which is. Can you have one kid in a brood, or is that like a, a thing? I feel like you got to get it to a level, right? Mm-hmm. That voice you're hearing is uh, Bomani Jones, who's uh, replacing Ryan this week and this week only, right? Uh, but you're, you have a lot to live up to because. None of us on this broadcast have worn the Bloomin' Onion mascot costume on national television, so step Ooh. up. I gotta try. The question that I wanted to start with is, uh, Jason had cookout. Which, for those of us who are not, if you're not familiar, by the way, cookout is maybe the most calories you can purchase per dollar at any restaurant in America. Is that, that a fair statement for somebody who's a, a trained economist would know about these things? Well, yeah, because you can get two sides on your combo. Mm-hmm. And one of those sides can be a corn dog. Yeah, one of those sides, you can get um, a little sort of smattering of chicken nuggets. Yes, that that's happens. what I go with. 
chicken nuggets are hush puppies because there is no healthier food in the world than the hush puppy. The hush, the hush puppy, which contains flour and uh, onions and flour so, and some fat. There's some fat in there. I think there's some shortening. Um, if you don't know the combo, by the way, the official side sides, and this is the part that usually blows people's minds, is this. That, yeah, you can get, like, like the cookout tray, your choices. You got hamburgers. You got chicken sandwiches. You have the big double burger, which uh, has a trademark, evidently. Uh, you can get a quesadilla, chicken or beef, or you can get the chicken strips. That's all fairly standard issue. The two hot dogs is the one that I think is, like, pushing the limit of logic already as a main choice. We also, yeah. yeah, we also have the two sides, though. The sides are where things get, like, the sides, I think, are what really blow people's minds. Have we discussed the most efficient order? Because I think I've discovered it. Do the tell. The tray with, you get the big double burger, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you could get the little single burger, or you get the big double burger. And you can get that, you can get that with the chili and all that on it, but that's pushing it. Um, and then for the sides, you go the quesadilla because it takes up very little space in the tray. It's mm-hmm. like a sheet on the bottom, and then you get the fries because they're going to fit more of those in there. If you get on your rings, you can get like three. But if you go with that, you're that's I mean that's like half your day's food for five dollars. Yeah, that's the thing, man. You can get all your cholesterol right fast, <laughs> right cheap. <laughs> daily, and see, the thing about it in North Carolina, I don't know how this is everywhere else, but the thing in North Carolina about cookout is. It's never really close to anything and barely on the way to anything. Like, you kind of have to make a trip to cookout. You're not just going to run into cookout. So it would be a special occasion, me and the homies sitting around the crib, you know, listening to music. And if somebody would get the bright idea, let's go to cookout. And it always sounded like the greatest idea ever. And then we go to cookout. Well, especially because I think there's sort of a, there's a weakness that creeps into the body under the influence of any substance. And now I include substances, by the way, uh, things you can buy, fatigue, right? Bad day. Yeah. A bad day is basically like a terrible drug. Those, if you're under the influence of all those and somebody says cookout, there's no option. You're going. Yeah, yeah, it is. For You know, I, I think I quit drinking before I hit my full cookout stride. But um, it is the hangover soaker, soaker upper from what I can tell. Now, they do not have these in any state I know that has legalized medical marijuana. Those are the only states that are legal uh, recreational marijuana. Those are the only states, of course, where this would apply and the only states in which I would apply this because I would never break the law. However, it's waiting right there, man. Cookout for Colorado, for the Mountain West, for Nevada. For Yeah, they got to get there, right? Oh, they have to. Vegas alone. Like a cookout on the Strip just makes too much sense. Well, do they have the brand equity to stretch it out like that? I think in a place like Vegas where everybody's a transplant or a tourist, yes. Colorado yeah. is going to be a little more difficult. But is it enough of us going to Las Vegas in order to make that happen, to see that cookout? So I cookout just got to Atlanta. Like I feel like cookout just a Carolina sort of situation. Mm. Oh, no. No, no. I will, I will regale you with this. Jason, the first cookout in Atlanta, I believe, opened where? Uh, it was on Moreland, right? Correct. It's, it's basically at the intersection of Moreland and 20. All right. I went there day one. And when I got there, the parking lot, you could have, um, it was, there was, I've never seen a parking lot that only had 30 spaces with that many cars in it in my life. And half of them had <laughs> East, half of them had East Carolina stickers on them. <laughs> <laughs> a symbol. 
No, they did. Let me tell you something, by the way, when these Carolina stickers roll up like that, you need to ask some real questions about what you're doing there and how long you want to stay. <laughs> they ain't there to play basketball. No, 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 no. When you see the East Carolina stickers, that's the thing. You know, if a bunch of UNC people, you're like, ah, it's a pretty chill crowd. I don't think anything's like weird or anything. Like nobody's just going to start a party in the parking lot. Cincy State, push it a little bit to the East Carolina people. I was like, if it's if it's ECU and App State, then you you might want to you might want to be near an exit. Interesting, yeah, because App State, I've never been able to fully like wrap my mind around what I think App State had going on because they are in fact the Mountaineers, but it is still Western North Carolina, which has its own breezy sort of aesthetic, shall we say? Um, you know, yeah. It's. Have you been to Boone recently? Nah. Okay. Uh, Boone is uh, still sort of like a distal ski town. It's the kind of place where there are a couple of houses that are built like geodesic domes, and they've been known to sell their contraband and package it in a mason jar. And I. Oh. I, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I mean, Boone's changed a little bit, but it hasn't. Boone's still very much that kind of place. So uh, I think if you're if you had a, a combination app state ECU party, then um, the authorities will get there around two thirty AM, maybe three. You don't want to be there when that happens, but if you can somehow hit the uh, hit the like horizon, the event horizon of the party coming to pieces, I think you'd be okay. You could just avoid that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, boom. Yeah, all the North Carolina that's not cities; it has its own tail. That that and that and that and if you know North Carolina well, you go, oh, well. If there's one part of North Carolina where you want to know someone where they're from, but might not want to go there, uh, Kinston, North Carolina. We've discussed yeah, 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 this, yeah, we've yeah, discussed this right. before, you're... but it's the home of gladiators. Yeah, you don't want any Kinston problems. No, no, no. You want friends in Kinston, like 100. percent This goes back to a conversation. We've had before, which which I would love to do for the SEC. You just name like the the hardest town, like the town that where you want friends because you definitely don't want enemies. If I had to do that sort of in the South, I know North Carolina's answer is Kinston, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Kinston is number one. Kinston, like for Texas people, Port Arthur would be akin um, to that one. Chester, Pennsylvania, for your boys from up north. Like I can go through most of the states and give you one where it's been like, no, 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 this is a place. Where you do not want the problems. Kenston's the home of Jerry Stackhouse and others. And one of my homeboys used to deal with a girl from Kenston in college. And he said he was laid up with her. And then she mentioned something about her ex-boyfriend and how her ex-boyfriend still had a key to her place. And he was from Kenston, the ex-boyfriend. And he just flew out of bed. <laughs> <laughs> just did, this, just did the, the full smoke bomb, right? Yeah. She yes. Like- shoes still floating in the air behind the smoke <laughs> yes the jason what is that for georgia like if we're if we're rolling through I, sec I territory agreed it's augusta right because even pastor troy don't go there anymore yeah augusta you don't really want much to do with augusta i got robbed in savannah once picturesque though it might be um macon MacTown. yeah yeah i sort of think it's probably like some places right outside of macon i don't know about right like, yeah, they're all the same to me. All the stuff. Now, see, the problem I got there is there's a whole lot of towns in Georgia that I don't want no problems, but they don't have the demographic makeup as towns like Kinston and a lot of these others that we bring up. Like, you might be cool. I might not. 
Yeah, it, it depends. Like, I, I know, like, Louisiana, I just kind of like the whole state. <laughs> you're just like, no, don't, don't. You're all friends. I love all yeah. of you. In all these other places, we're talking about the smaller towns. In Louisiana, there's number one. Number one is numbers one, two, three, four, and five. It is the town we've all heard of. <laughs> just, the meanest people on earth? The meanest. Oh, no, 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 no. I know that's Shreveport in terms of my you don't want those problems. I'm talking about the, the other you don't want no problems. New Orleans, Louisiana is at the top of the American power rankings. Oh, yeah. No, I don't have any enemies. Everyone in New Orleans is a friend. Every and, single person. And just so you know, like maybe some of these garden district types live a little different life or whatever. But anybody that's lived a touch in New Orleans, you don't want no problem with them. Yeah, that's like Marshall. Like Marshall Falk is from New Orleans. Right. And occasionally Marshall Falk, they would show him like on the sidelines and he's cheerful. He's laughing. And I remember that at one point the Rams secondary and I think 2000 was the year that they had no defense to speak of whatsoever. It's either that or 2000. It was 2000. Yeah. So at one point, cheerful Marshall Falk, who, who grew up in, in, a, in a real bad neighborhood in New Orleans. The Desire uh, Projects, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, he was on the sidelines imploring saying, please, let me go play corner. Like, literally, like, put me in a corner. I'll uh, I'll do better than these guys. And, That's a New Orleans attitude right there. Mm-hmm. It was a, Allow me the privilege to hit people. Yeah, and also, um, I can do that job that, that you are doing better in five minutes than, than you can do it your entire life, and maybe being right. Like, there's an outside shot that Marshall Falk could have been a better corner than whatever pitiful trash the Rams were rolling out that day. But the look on his face, it got scary fast. (laughs) Super scary fast. Like, oh, nice, Marshall Falk. Like, photogenic. Hey, oh, God. Oh, God, he means this. He's going to kill this man on the sidelines. So, yeah, it might might be that. I always gauge it on, like, who I don't want to mess with. Uh, I looked up the Hester family. It's, like, giant family of, like, strapping, bald Cajuns who can all deadlift a car. Yeah, guess where they're from, Bo? Shreveport. Oh, they have Shreveport. I know they have Shreveport. <laughs> Evangel, baby. <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evangel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's always the interesting thing with Evangel. I've never looked like, like, how, how do the wide receivers look at Evangel? Because I can't tell if it's, like, I always pictured in my mind that Evangel was kind of like Odessa Permian in their glory day in terms of demographics. Mm-hmm. But I imagine Evangel want to win that football too bad that I've got here rolling the dice. Unless, you know, maybe make sure whoever it is is the best. Yeah, I, I imagine they're just all Jacob Hester in my head. They're just all different Hesters, right? But isn't Evangel the passing school, right? That's where you go to get your quarterback, they right? They do. That, that, that's where the, the booties, I believe. Quarterback in Louisiana? Brock Berlin? Isn't that where you go? Yeah, that is correct. Brock Berlin, who um, I will let it known when people go, ha, 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 I bet this guy won't won't do well on the Wonderlick. Go look up Brock Berlin's Wonderlick. Uh, he did go to Florida, full disclosure. Just going to throw that out there. I love being around people who know who I'm talking about if I mention Brock Berlin. Who, little did I know, threw for 159 yards in the NFL. Who allowed that to happen? I don't know, man. Doug Johnson played for the Falcons. Something like, speaking of, of long-gone oh, quarterbacks right. of dubious value. We don't, we, don't need to talk, we don't need to talk about that. No. Yeah. yeah. But let me take a dubious list, which is whenever a program tells you all the quarterbacks they put in the NFL. What exactly does that mean? Got him in the door, baby. The Jimbo Fisher test. That's all you need. 
So to be fair, Jimbo Fisher gets him in the door with a fat load of change in their pocket. I'm talking about like Georgia getting DJ Shockley and Aaron Murray in there and talking about we got NFL quarterbacks. Technically true. Technically, Te- yes. Technically true. Like that's that's what they'll say because they'll go, okay, you want to joke with us about this? What about Auburn? What about Auburn? Ooh, interesting question there. Is Ben Leard, ben Leard pulling down an NFL paycheck at any point? Shout out to Reggie Slack, who never got the chance to do what he should do. <laughs> I was thinking about Jason Campbell this morning. Um, yeah. felt like that dude's career was cut short a couple years too early. I give him credit, though. He cut it himself. Yeah. No, I mean, and, 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 and wisely so, right? Like, everybody making fun. I did, like, when he was on the Redskins, right? They would uh, they'd make fun of him for wearing white shoes, which I've always said is the un- most universal country thing possible. It transcends race, creed, color, uh, sexual preference, and identity, whatever. If you buy big old white shoes when you get money, that means your country, right? Yes. And they would make fun of him for that, and the fact that because he was he was country as hell, uh, he couldn't say the word falcon. For some reason, Jason Campbell could not. And that was like a, a formation name, right? So he'd call it out and it was like, Falcon. Like he'd just swallow it. He couldn't. It didn't come out of his mouth right. Yes, I can see that. Um, but if you're but if I was looking there and I was going because I was born in I was born in Tennessee and and I was trying to think of like the hardest place in Tennessee. And I suddenly realized that um, that this is actually a real race, like because. I think my, my initial thing would be like, man, you don't want to make an enemy in Memphis. Then I was like, yeah, that's what I'm about to say. Number one seems like a strong one. <laughs> it's, 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 it str- seems like in Tennessee, you gotta, you gotta go with the two extreme wings, like somewhere in the mountains and then somewhere around Memphis. Yeah. No, Tennessee's like a video game, man. Right. Like they design it be like, well, there's a mountain over here and then there's a city over here and you got to have a level that's kind of hilly in between. Um, I don't think you want any part of like, if you said you were from like the Tri Cities area, and uh, you 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 know you're like, yeah, man, he he just goes out in the woods for a couple of days at a time. Yeah, I don't want to mess with that dude at all. Like there was a survival contest uh, in I believe Canada, like Canadian Rockies, right? And consistently, the people who place there are people who grew up either in like that Tri Cities area, you know, like up around Brushy Mountain, right, where where James Earl Ray gave up rather than continue to try to escape, right? Um, they're either from there or they're from like Dahlonega, like anywhere where there's just impenetrable mountain hell. They're like, yeah, man, this is fine. Canadian Rockies ain't shit. Now, where are these three cities that are that are the Tennessee Tri Cities? Because everybody's got a Tri Cities. Like Atlanta has a Tri Cities, but I feel like it's like a city and a couple of partners. Uh, yeah. So this is way up in the corner. This is like serious NASCAR territory, right? Um, this is Johnson City, oh. is one of them. So, so we're talking like if I was to put him anywhere, um, that would be that would be Spurrier country, right? We're talking uh, Johnson City. We're talking Bristol and Kingsport. So if if you tell me you're from Kingsport, I don't question your shit kicker credentials, right? Like if you tell me you're from Orange Mound, Memphis, I'm like, yep, yep. No, you 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 got this. Orange Mound, Tennessee, you're good. Totally there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like this is this is I, by the way, just typically one of my favorite conversations. Youngstown, Ohio. Can we get out the south and go up there? Oh yeah, no. Youngstown, Ohio is officially part of the South. I feel like it's all I feel like it's part of the Bronx. Yeah, that too. You can link them up. <laughs> it can go wherever it wants. How's this? It can go wherever it wants to go. 
because that's where like the the Pelinis are from, and the Pelinis are basically like gentle compared to the rest of the populace there. So yeah, sure. Well, I actually think it's a great statement on college coaches. Um, the idea that that is like the cradle of coaches. Yeah, and those are the people. And, and, and like, so like, it makes me look at Bob Stoops completely differently. Uh, Jim Tressel is not from Youngstown, but is of Youngstown, and we, we know how he gets down. <laughs> he's he's going to fix that. I always thought that like Jim Tressel was an honorary Cajun, right? He's like, oh no, I know somebody. Dude, that. he's a university president. Can we talk about that? He is a <laughs> university president. Like, you realize what gangster hustle you have to have to pull that off in the way that he pulled it off? Mm-hmm. Like, we got a couple of operators, right? Like, old school dudes are definitely op- like him. Fulmer pulled. We, we really, we haven't discussed this in any format, right? That Fulmer pulled the longest play Lannister style revenge imaginable by waiting a decade to get his yes easily just sat there man just waiting like a dormant like a dormant toad beneath the sands waiting for the right weather now doesn't he like lane i think he likes lane i think he's okay with lane i just think he was waiting for he was waiting for the weak moment and let us remember what that weak moment was jason what was the thing that that finally signaled that things had gone too far in the Tennessee coaching search. Oh, um, was it somebody tried to hire Greg Schiano or somebody tried to hire Mike Leach? Uh, Leach. <laughs> Leach. Leach. Leach was the last one. Well, they didn't try to the... hire him. They hired him and then yeah, told they, him no. They they had they had signatures from both those dudes, <laughs> and Leach was the last straw. The second one, Leach. That's the one where they're like, "Now you've completely lost your mind." Although I feel like if Leach had showed up at Tennessee, that with Leach with that offense, it would have been like he showed up with the first iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> right? They're looking at it. They're like, wait a minute. So for all the time. Really? You don't you throw screens? Wow. You throw multiple screens? Yeah, like, but no handoffs. Just, okay, got you, got you. Goodness. There was somebody. Somebody put up a stat like the uh, the the quarterbacks coming in in the NFL this year, their percentage of dropbacks versus shotgun. You know, and it was it was all about what you'd expect, and uh, and then right there at the bottom, Luke Falk dropback zero percent. <laughs> Washington State had zero. That's uh, right. I did zero see dropbacks that. all year. <laughs> I did see that as we continue to operate on this premise that you got to be a dropback passer to play in the NFL, even though one legged Peyton Manning was out there making it happen. Mm-hmm. But that and, standing around with his head not to fall off, winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> if you go back and look at the injuries that Washington State quarterbacks have suffered, it's like upright, 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 lacerated kidney. <laughs> oh, we'll send another one in there. We got we got more of them. That's what happens. That's what happens when running isn't an option, and your your like release is quick. It means like cool, 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 cool. You won the lottery. Your your liver's cut in half. <laughs> By the way, can we talk about a fascinating thing about Mike Leach at Washington State that I don't think is discussed enough because they were so bad before he got there. Mm-hmm. And so he's come and done a typical Leachian job of doing well in this place where it's very hard to win, except for the fact that Wazoo fans can really look up and be like, yo, we'd like to get back to the Rose Bowl. You know, we had a guy that got us to Rose Bowls. And they did. And then he went to Alabama and never 
to really be seen again. Yeah, I don't think people know exactly, one, how brilliant Mike Price was, and two, how different a universe and how loose he was running it in Pullman. Um, and I mean football-wise, people. Uh, the, re- <laughs> the rest I don't know about, but I suspect. Trying not to get sued, I see. Trying. <laughs> but, but let's think about this. Mike Leach went to not one, but two Rose Bowls at Wazoo and almost won that one that they played against Michigan, right? Like that came down to the last drive. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah, two, it, was, it was bullshit in Michigan's favor. Yeah. Right. Two, two Rose Bowls at Wazoo, and then the thing happened at Alabama, but he won the lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Like, people forget that. He sued Sports Illustrated, and he won. Yeah. And, yo, UTEP it is, buddy. UTEP it is. Yeah, let me – and look at it this way. I want you to think about this. Take football out of the equation. Mike Price was out in the hinterlands of Washington running a successful operation where he was bringing in, you know, a million or so a year, right? I like to think of him as like – let's just blanket him. Let's say like, okay – he was engaged in a, a trade involving unpaid labor. And he was clearing about a mill a year, right? So yes. he goes to Alabama. Definitely not a sketchy-sounding state, right? Clears an even bigger job. And then gets involved in some sort of legal struggle where he comes out on top, gets about, what, 24 mil out of the whole thing? And then where does he go? He takes his ill-gotten riches <laughs> to the desert, to the Mexican border. And I'm like, if you took football out of the equation, Mike Price sounds like the world's most untouchable drug kingpin. <laughs> yes, yes. And he went to America's surprisingly large city. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's El Paso. America's most surprisingly large city. Do you know how many people El Paso has? Uh, were they up to a million and a half or two? I don't think they're up that high, but I think the last time I checked, they're around like 800,000. Like, it's a top 20 city within the city limits. Now, God knows how far the city limits stretch, right? Drop uh, right off. They drop like, right That's off. one of those places. But, yeah, El Paso is, uh, looking at it now, 2010 census, 649,000 people. Uh, the CSA is over 1 million. But if you ask somebody how many people El Paso had, they wouldn't tell you it had no damn 700,000 people. Yeah, but there's like a house in El Paso that looks out on nothing, right? Like, it's like... Neighborhood, neighborhood, neighborhood waste. Just Yeah, like actually, because I've driven through El Paso on I-10, and I don't know what happens when you go up and down, because there's not a lot of El Paso to see off of I-10. Like, are they hiding the rest of the El Paso to keep the <laughs> beautiful? Yes, they are. It's got some rough-looking parts. Is it like a like a gravity kind of thing, like, like asteroids collecting in space into like a moon? Like, there's just nothing there, so everything just sort of runs toward El Paso? And then it ends up being bigger than it should. Probably. I would, yeah. t- I would tell you this, by the way. El Paso, random fact, Texas Monthly did a, like, best of Texas, right? Which is really cool. It was like everybody talking about their favorite places in the state and, you know, how they were specifically Texan, right? And, like, one kind of rich artist was like, oh, well, the old cattle pool that used to be where the bulls drank that I now use as a hot tub out in my, my Marfa farm right like okay cool you know somebody be like uh erica badu's place was like oh you know it's my grandma's porch in dallas right which looks out on an interstate but that's like super texas too right and that was her favorite place you know billy gibbons of zz top's favorite place in, in texas was where he was like yeah man this means texas to me it was a car wash and taco place in el paso and mm-hmm. when they asked him why, he's like, hey, man, it's cool. You can go out and get your car wash and get some tacos. <laughs> Was it now, is there also the gun range? Is that the one? <laughs> no, no, no. 
This one didn't even have like the eccentric touch of the gun range. Nope, this is just tacos in a car wash. And I looked it up, and you know what you can buy there? It's one of like five or six officially licensed places where you can buy UTEP tickets in person. Wow. That, by the way, reminds me of the most Greensboro place in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is a car wash with strippers. Are they, are they in the car wash itself? So I've never been sure because I never got around to going to the car wash. I think that ladies wash your car, and while your car is being washed, you can go in and get a dance, which makes this the rare time that you are upset that the line at the car wash is short. I'm, I, that's, man, that's Greensboro as hell. Damn. That's amazing. Um, I guess the, the, uh, the last, last question, since this has been a real organized discussion, so thank you for joining us for it, Bo. Oh, yeah. Um, is, you know, you, you're from a couple of places, but, but you claim Texas, Mm -hmm. correct? This is why you're a, this is why you're a Longhorn fan. Yes, I am. And, um, Thus far, if we were to ask, uh, I mean, I know the answer, but I'm asking. Uh, if we were to ask the estimate of uh, of Tom Herman's tenure thus far, in your opinion, one year, one scanty year into it, uh, how are we feeling? I feel like he won six games with a nine-win roster. <laughs> That's, That's what I feel like. Or was it seven wins? Did we get to seven by the ball? Are we going to call it seven because of that? I feel like he got seven wins with a nine or ten win roster. That's that's what I feel about it. Now, I will say this, though. It is encouraging to go on the rivals list these days and put up the top 20 in Texas and see Texas, 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 Texas over again. It seems for whatever reason the high school coaches in the state are being a little nicer to the current regime than perhaps they had been to the previous regime when the SEC West came and took over of the state. I am expecting a great deal from this gentleman this year. I am expecting a whole lot from this gentleman this year. I don't even know if they have the talent to justify my expectations of a whole lot this year. But look at what's leaving, right? Because when Charlie got that job, Charlie got the job, and it, there was talent there, but there was no talent left after that talent went. Like Malcolm Brown was still there. Once they Quandre Jiggs was still there. Like there's a few names that I can rattle off. Dudes who were still there. Okay, cool. Look, man, Malik is gone. Holton Hill is gone. Deshaun Elliott is gone. Connor Williams is gone. Chris Williams, I mean, Chris Warren was going to be gone, but anyway, he's gone now. Hey, man, those dudes, with the exception of Warren, are going to make a lot of money. A lot of money. What the hell Herman going to do to replace that? He's going to go to high schools and be like, hey, you see these guys? They're, they're all making a lot of money. Oh, yeah, I forgot. And Puna's gone, too. A little impish defensive tackle. He's, he's he's gone now too. Like the, the he's the best because he was like the littlest giant. I love dudes like that, right? Like a five eleven center. Love five eleven centers. But the weird thing about him is he is actually not the first sub six foot defensive tackle to play at Texas in the last ten or fifteen years. Who else? Yeah, from South Carolina. The other guy was from South Carolina. Dude, this dude named Ben Alexander. I'm pretty sure he was also from South Carolina. I have no memory of him actually playing. But apparently, Texas tapped into their pipeline of impish defensive tackles. <laughs> which is, by the way, those. which is, by the way, like that—that's a really peculiar thing for any state uh, built on obesity, quite like Texas is, right? To ever pull is to be like, yeah, I don't know, we 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 got a defensive tackle. He's under six feet tall. Yes. Let me tell you, that means you don't want no problems with Puna. No problems whatsoever. <coughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right here. Ben Alexander. They list him at six foot three hundred five pounds from Anderson, South Carolina. 
Yeah, yeah but the Texas part of it is like the added BMI. Like you <laughs> lose three inches, but you're still 300 pounds. <laughs> yeah, I also feel like right now I need to pull up who else offered him. Right. Because <laughs> when, when Mac Brown showed up and said, son, I'm going to offer you a scholarship. You had to be like, at what? <laughs> right. Like, 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 what do you mean you're offering me a scholarship? What do you? Yeah. He was listed at 5'11", 285 coming out of high school. And the good folks at Rivals say that the other people who offered him scholarships were. Wow. Florida State, Georgia, Notre Dame and Ohio State. OK. OK. That's fine. That means. You really don't want problems with it. Like, not one. Oh. No, man, that low center of gravity thing, man. You don't, nah, you don't need it. And Virginia Tech gave him an offer, too. What is he, did he, like, we need to find his film. No, I bet it's nasty. I bet he looks like a traffic stump. But at the same time, you notice who I did not say offered him? Hmm. South Carolina or Clemson. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't playing football yet at the time. Ah, that is true. Is South Carolina still playing football now? Um, yeah. you know, you they play. Be- they, I think they, I think they've transitioned to rugby. You wouldn't believe who they've hired. Oh, I've heard, I've heard. <laughs> it looks like he's learned some things since he washed out at his last job. <laughs> like I mean, South Carolina is a perfect match for Will Muschamp. Like there is no, there is no more perfect match right now in college football than Will Muschamp for South Carolina, because uh, game's going to be sc- some screwed up score that indicates that everything went wrong, like twenty two nineteen. South Carolina don't care. They'll, they'll show up for that, right? They're well, they'll show up for anything. Yeah, no, they'll show up for anything. Um, what do they want? Effort. Okay, I will tell you this. You'll get nothing but effort. Misapplied effort. Sometimes <laughs> insanely misapplied effort, like hitting people five yards out of bounds, okay? But you'll get effort deep into the fourth quarter, right? Even <laughs> when you don't want it. Even when you're like, please, dear God, let this game end. Will Muschamp's like, no, we're losing 35-3, but we're going to play hard whole time we're gonna drag this thing out now technically isn't he still the texas head coach in waiting i don't believe that was ever officially revoked so this could be coming back your way bo there there was that here's the thing though south carolina in the most peculiar way has turned itself into like an eight to ten year job right like it became the perfect job for spurrier to retire to lou holtz retired in that job and by the way that's a hell of a back-to-back coaches lou holtz did a Great job turning that program around with a little malfeasance, but he did. <laughs> you, you, said, um, you said Lou Holtz. That's redundant. Yes. Look, Lou Holtz. Here's Lou Holtz. Y'all, I, I'm sorry. I thought y'all were trying to win. <laughs> I, I totally misunderstood what's going on here. Like when Bob Stoops tried to get the Notre Dame job that year and told them he needed all these Juco transfers, and they were like, no. And he's like, oh, my bad. I thought y'all were trying to win. <laughs> little did I know you simply wanted to participate. Let me give you the, by the way, my, uh, I love this, that Lou Holtz at, at one point when, uh, at one point, I believe when he was coaching for Arkansas, they'd asked him about uh, his team's performance and he was like, yeah, I don't know. Watching them just makes me want to kill myself. <laughs> he said that, he said that shit in public. Have you ever heard his quote about West Virginia? He is a native West Virginian. Yeah. Best thing to leave West Virginia is the empty bus. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The other thing with Lou Holtz, you know, now that he's gotten all Make America Great Again, I think this can be easy to forget. But I did an interview with Lou Holtz, I guess it's now 10 years ago when I worked at the radio station in Raleigh and I'm recording it. And, you know, something about interviewing coaches that like takes you back to this. I hate the way we call coaches coach. Yeah. You know, um, but, you know, you get into that place and you feel like you're being respectful. I'm like, hey, coach, this is Bomani Jones. 
What was your name? Bomani. What was that? Bomani. Say it one more time. Bomani. Man, that light came on for that interview. You thought Lou Holtz had known me since I was four years old. Oh, Bomani. And then I stopped and talked, thought about this. Lou Holtz just got through coaching at South Carolina. As far as names go that he wasn't familiar with, Bomani is way low on the list. Yeah. Way yeah. low. He's like, oh, that's light work. Well, I mean, you just remember that, like, South Carolina is the one where if you're watching the Key and Peel football players' name sketch, the most outre ones of them, right? Like the most unconventional or innovative names, you would go, yeah, that's South Carolina because they really had a player named Captain Munnerlin. They did. Like easily the most South Carolina player. When somebody's like, what do you mean? I'm like, Captain Munnerlin. He's great. He's awesome. His name is Captain. I want to do a story on all the people with names like Captain and King who turned out not to be good at stuff. <laughs> right? Because these are names that you buy in large here when you watch football, which means at the very least they was the boss at their little school or whatever. But there's got to be some dude named Captain running like a 4-9 trying to be a receiver. Oh, there was an entire family. Uh, I'm trying to remember. Jason, I Perfect was one of them. Oh, the, the Dowlings, Virginia. Yeah, Raza I and them. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of reaching with those names. Like you got a lot to live up to if your name is I perfect. Well don't forget about Majestic and Scientific Map. Oh yeah. And uh Mr. Alexander. Oh yeah, there are some misters. I feel out like there. Mr. Alexander is a pretty easy one to live up to because you simply have to <laughs> you just have to be formal, right? Like it's it's literally just like, okay, you have, we're, I'm giving you the most democratic basic title ever, right? Not Duke, not King, not even an Earl. I'm just... I don't know. You, you, have to, you, have to, you have to be the kind of person who gets called Mr., though, which, you know, some, some people just carry themselves as like, hey, buddy, you know? Well, also, I went, to, I went to high school with a Sugar Ray, first name Sugar, middle name Ray. Yeah, how am I going to live up to that? I will tell you how he lived up to that, by the way, by being an awesome basketball player. That was how he lived up to it. He was like high school, like the high school big man. So like six, four, six, five big man. Yeah. That's how he lived up to it was being a borderline all state caliber basketball player. I appreciate it when you cut straight to the chase and you give me a nickname and a name. Just, yes. skip, just, just skip it. This was something my parents generation, right? Uh, like, you know, there's a lot of dudes just named Larry. Like I, like I have a relative named Larry, not Lawrence, Larry, you know what it is? And does? we're still making those by the way. Just Larry's? Like, straight-up Larry's? Yeah, yeah, we're still making Larry's. You know a baby named Larry? I don't know. Okay, to be fair, maybe they stopped, right? But I feel like the new models of Larry's is still, like, the 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 model the models of Larry we still got out there. Let me tell you something a dude named Larry strikes me as the type to do. Name a kid after himself. Because <laughs> why let the mediocrity stop with you? Uh, no, I will tell you this. I Like, I know a baby named Frank, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you, like, Big chunky nine month old named Frank. That's that's yes. about right, right? Two year old is feeling a little weird, but when they're all posted up and look like gangsters anyway, right? Just like big fat mafiosi and diapers. Yeah, Frank is Frank is a great call there. Yeah, I did. I feel like we need more Franks. I got an uncle named Frank, Franklin Delano Jones, because people did that. Did you know that Frank Gore's middle name huh. is also Delano? Really? Huh. Yes, sir. Wow, that is old too. I mean, listen. Franklin Delano for Frank Gore. That's that's appropriate given that like his knees have had four terms in office. <laughs> well played. 
Yeah, you know what? We're just going to cut it there. That's fine. <laughs> That'll work. That's perfect. And, and we're out.